0: Welcome to another episode of TNT. If you're watching here on YouTube, make sure that you like, share, and subscribe. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, make sure you follow me at Micah McKenzie, so that way you always know when I post a new episode. So for today's episode of TNT, many of you I'm sure are aware that July is Disability Awareness Month. And so to close out this month, I wanted to bring on some special guests to discuss with me what it's like to live with a disability or how they move about the world or how they view the world and get their perspective. And so today I am bringing on special guest and my good friend, Johnny Travers. So Johnny, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to me. Very excited Um, to be here. Yeah, and so we're just gonna go ahead, jump in and talk a little bit about your background. So I guess, how would you describe yourself? How do you identify yourself? Or tell Uh, us a little bit about yourself. Sure.
1: Yeah, um, I, would you talk, Um, do you want me to talk about, like, what I, how I um, define myself on, like, in terms of my disability, or just, like, who I am as a person, because you know that pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: mean, we can start with you as a, dis- as a person, and then maybe do you want to go into, like, your diagnosis, and, like, how you, sort of, found out that, or what your diagnosis was like.
1: Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um. Well, uh, to quote my, my mother, who unfortunately couldn't uh, be here today, I am like a, I am a goofy uh, ball of nervous energy. So I am very much, uh, I, it, you know, I feel like it, uh, it takes a lot to uh, contain my sort of energy. Um, I'm, I just, I don't know, I, I am also very, very loud. Um, I, I, I guess a bigger, a better word for that is boisterous, though. But it's
0: loud in a good way. You're not loud in an obnoxious way.
1: Thank you. <laughs> I, try be, I try not to mansplain to people. So.
0: No, you never mansplain.
1: <laughs> At you. least
0: in my experience with you. I've, I've never felt like you've ever mansplained to me.
1: Thank you. Slap me if I do. Um, <laughs> but, um, to, um, to tie it back to the conversation that we're having, uh, I am a person on the spectrum. I, that's how I define myself. I have Autism Spectrum Disorder, which is previously known as Asperger's Syndrome, um, but yeah, that's how I would describe myself.
0: Okay, that's interesting. I, I learned something new. I had no idea that they were no longer calling it Asperger's Syndrome anymore. Um,
1: I mean, you still technically, so here's the thing, I, you still technically can refer to people who were initially diagnosed as uh, Asperger's, as Asperger's Syndrome, but- the definitive term by doctors and research practitioners across the board, I'm pretty sure is now um, autism spectrum. So, and also I, I just, um, I personally kind of appreciate that a little bit more because to Asperger's by definition is, is in in itself autism. Mm -hmm. Um, To put it place it in some sort of subcategory, I feel like is only, Um, and we'll get into this only creating more of like a a bubble of perpetuated ideas about what autism is and what people with autism or Asperger's, uh, act and how they are and, um, and so on. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I totally understand that point of view. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about life pre-diagnosis and how your life sort of changed after it, if it did change? I mean, I don't know. So. sure
1: yeah absolutely so I actually don't remember much of my pre-diagnosis I was diagnosed at the age of uh, five. Oh, wow uh,
0: that's early
1: <laughs> very early but when I'm around four or five years old it's my second year of pre-k and I remember my I very vividly because is, I remember very little about my like years before maybe six or seven but I do remember this uh, a teacher came up to me and asked me why I was flapping my hands so much and uh, for those of you who don't know who are watching this wonderful podcast um, a a term that is used for autistics when they are having a sort of excited feeling or overwhelming stimulation is stimming and this is what I would do I used to call it a happy hands actually and I still I, <laughs> I still, yeah it's um, actually something that that um, I know a lot of TikTokers who are on the spectrum talk about too, um, and advocates of, um, autism. And, uh, it's really hard to explain. It's, you know, I always think of it as, um, when you, you know, when the doctor would always test your joints, uh, the little hammer and just knock your knee. Um, it almost felt like involuntarily you're just, your knee's just going to jerk like that. That's how it feels like when, uh, I was excited. And I, again, I actually still feel these, these sort of ways um, this sort of impulse to just flap my hands. Um, but I've, I've, I've kind of be, I've mitigated it and uh, learned to to not do it as much in public um, when I get excited and such or over overstimulated, but yeah, that's, this teacher noticed that specific part of me and, uh, brought it up to my parents and they brought it up to my pediatrician who then, uh, I think refer- it was a lot of referraling lines. Um, but, uh, the bottom, the, the bottom line of it was, um, at the end of it, they, the doctors diagnosed me as somebody on the spectrum. So, um, for my parents, that was, a because at the time, I mean, I was, it was like what, 2003, four, um, which wasn't that long ago when i say it out loud but still pretty decent decent times passed and more research has come up but um there you know it has much more of a negative stim- stigma to it uh, yeah. and it still does i mean to be blunt it does um so my but my parents were very they're very nervous they're very scared of how to raise a kid on the spectrum because it's you know there's this idea that they much more uh, that people on the spectrum much more specific on how they, uh, they adapt to the world. They're very, like, they they're nervous. They learn in very, very different ways than the rest of the world. Um, they're, you know, they have no sense of social skills, all these different ideas of of people on the spectrum. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's when I, sorry to answer, I just want to, (laughs) but to answer your question, that's when I was uh, first. No,
0: No, I mean, like you, you definitely answered the question and sort of like contextualized, um, your diagnosis, and I had no idea like that. That was a sign of like overstimulus um, in autistic children. I feel like, but I feel like that that's something that everyone sort of does when you feel overstimulated. Maybe not like you know shaking your hands, but some people get jittery or like they yeah. bop their leg up and down, or like I feel like people when they get overstimulized, there's always some sort of physical manifestation of that overstimulus, whether you see it or not. Everyone has ticks.
1: Exactly,
0: and if you hang around people long enough, like you'll notice them. A hundred um,
1: tick is actually what—that's what my um, it's my uh, my aunt who I'm very close with would used to refer to um, to it as she's called my little ticks. <laughs> um, and to actually to trail back to um, me my my boisterous voice. Um, I you know I um, I have a lot of uh, I guess. Uh, struggles with volume control, um, and it was way worse when I was a kid. Um, when I would get excited, I would I would scream, and I would. Um, I mean that again. Even when what what kid do? I no, <laughs> not... say this. What kid doesn't do that? Like,
0: yeah.
1: Um. Exactly. I
0: don't know. That just makes it makes me sad that like you sort of categorize yourself that way as especially as a child because in in my view like were you maybe a little bit louder than other children that's a possibility but like all children are loud all children yeah. yell they scream they get excited they knock over stuff they're constantly running around like it's to me the way that you describe yourself you are no different from any other kid
1: you know that and it's i i like the i really enjoyed um the this this class that I took at Fordham, which is called "Extraordinary Bodies," which is taught by this woman named Rebecca Sanchez, who is to date one of the best professors I have ever had. Um, she she's a deaf uh, Latina woman who is just like she, her experience as a deaf woman. She makes I actually told her. Um, she, she asks, a, you know, she sends out a questionnaire like, "Why are you interested in this class?" She genuinely is curious, and I wrote back to her. I was I said I uh i i'm 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 somebody on the spectrum and um, i'm looking to satisfy this you know this requirement but mainly this is a class that's actually intriguing to me she wrote back and she said she wanted to discuss with me over zoom about what it's like to have, be on the spectrum and you know we talked and it actually it was um it took a little while because uh, her translator actually um uh we had to schedule around her translator so it's
0: yeah
1: um but when we we discussed it um over zoom um she talks about how people on the spectrum their while their impairments aren't necessarily physical they 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 the way that the world works and the way that the world is designed it impairs the mind it's it's not like the the autistic mind is impaired it's just the world around it is not functioning and at the same at, at the same sort of capacity that Somebody on the spectrum's mind is,
0: and honestly, from just like my own experience, like I I don't have um, any disabilities, but just like my experiences as a black woman, yes, um, no one really wants to accommodate anyone that doesn't subscribe to the norm. It's like you must assimilate to us, and if you don't, we just you you just are left to your own devices. Like we right. don't really care. Uh, about your struggles. No one, it's like, you have to conform to us um, and good luck trying to find somebody who can adjust to you, uh, exactly. which, you know, I think it's definitely something that needs to change and people need to actually sit and reevaluate and think, why am I okay with the world being this way? Right,
1: um, <laughs> why do we settle? Like, this is, this is where I get a bit, uh... Controversial and and how I feel view the word disability. I view the word disability as as a social a social concept essentially. Um, I don't
0: think that that's controversial at all.
1: Thank you, thank you. I
0: think I think most people would agree with you. Um, thank you. Because this whole idea of like being able bodied or being normal, yeah. um, I think it's just it's it's highly constructed and it doesn't really allow for other walks of life. Even if you had, let's say you had a physical disability, that doesn't mean that you can't live life to the fullest. It just means that your life is going to look different versus someone who isn't in a wheelchair or doesn't have that physical disability. But you can still do all of the things that any other person can do in life. Exactly. Um, And I feel like people should stop viewing being diagnosed with a disability, whether it be mental, physical, or emotional, as a death sentence because it—it's really not. Um, it's
1: not. It—it's um, it, just the—it's just the accountability and the lack of um, the lack of or the lack thereof and the 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 effort, the lack of effort that's actually put into supporting people um, with disabilities. I mean, uh, you, you know, to be honest, uh, I read somewhere that. Um, well, during this class, I remember I re- read this, this article that was really interesting about how uh, certain tablets that people who are mute or um, maybe not necessarily even mute, but persons who have very severe ver- um, verbal communication uh, difficulty uh, in this world, the, the tablets that these companies design for these people takes less effort and less technological um, uh, accountability than that of an iPad, yet they're charged and upscaled at three times the amount. So it's, you know, not only are they, are we being lazy about how we treat people with disabilities, but um, by not giving them this, it's not even, you know, it's not it's really even. Just, it's,
0: it's, it's like a punishment in a way. It's like, yeah. how dare you not be normal? Exactly. And because you're not normal. We're going to make it extremely like expensive and difficult for you to exist because like, exactly. how dare you exist outside this set of norms
1: exactly 100%, 100 it's it's terrible i mean and you know something it one thing that is i think really important to note about not just i'm i'm going to stop saying um honestly disability in just regards to physical or neurological impairments i prefer the term impairment to be honest um okay uh that's not, no, I'm not saying like that's, that's not like.
0: No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think that that's important. That's important to know um, because, you know, as we'll, we'll talk up a little bit earlier, like the, the language discussion surrounding disabilities or impairments is becoming a very like hot topic issue. So I think it's glad that you're on the record to say that this is what I prefer.
1: Right, exactly. And, and here's the thing too, is also, I think that disability, if we're going to refer to disability as 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 a concept that is a social uh is a social impairment then i think that we need that the the term disability either needs to be opened up or it needs to be eradicated i mean i'm a fan of the latter but uh, you know (laughs) know happen in this lifetime but um but i as in opened up to not just physical or neurological impairments but also should categor should again include people of a different race than just the, the white um, token that we've seen for years and years and years, uh, sexuality, gender, uh, you know, these different, these are impairments. I mean, and the thing is, especially with uh, what I personally love about, um, I mean, I, I love what what awareness is coming out of a tragic thing that happened in um, last year with Mr. Floyd um, and Ms. Taylor was, is that, we're becoming more aware of how to, not necessarily. Um, and this is a, this is a big, this is a big problem. I think that have, that a lot of people um, who don't share may, the view that you and I say have about um, you know <laughs> racial justice, disability justice, um, uh, you know, LGBT awareness um, and justice, um, and you know everything is that. Um, when people demand justice or just demand to be aware of these issues it's not to put them on a pedestal it's to make the quality of life life equal to that of of uh, a white dominant america or world
0: yeah and- it's like the the equity versus equality poster it's like equality <laughs> mm, that's a little little iffy but equity is just sometimes you got to give somebody a booster seat So that way they can sit level at the table with everyone else. Yes, exactly. Um, But, you know, like speaking about language. So as I was saying earlier, there's been this whole discourse between person first versus disability or uh, impairment language. Do you resonate with either? And if so, like which one do you prefer? And for my viewers and listeners, um, person first would be um, a person with insert disability here whereas disability language first would be disability here person um so do you really vibe with any of those
1: um
0: or do you even identify use um your impairment as an identifier because some people don't some people don't view it as a part of their identity
1: right i you know it's interesting because um and I'm not really proud of this, but you sometimes have to adapt to different people's language. Um, because where you and I are very much aware that the term disability in itself kind of insinuates that there is something wrong with somebody, uh, it may just slightly saying an impairment to, that, to another person as opposed to disability, unfortunately has somewhat of a of a less aggressive con- not even aggressive like a less
0: people don't get it like, exactly exactly yes
1: um it's it's less strong it, it it resonates less with them um disability i unfortunately the term has much more of a punch to it um and uh you know it to be one it gained it the term at this point in time in history it gains much more uh, like attraction in terms of empathy and, and from people who were neurodivergent or um, other allies of different uh, groups and, and such. Um, but I, I, I personally, I identify socially. Um, I'd say as uh, even though I identify as an impaired um, individual upfront, Socially, I, I do feel at this point in time in history that I am disabled, to be honest. Um,
0: so you would call yourself a disabled person versus a person with a disability? Yes. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. Well
1: because and here's the thing is um, with a neurological uh, neurological impairment, and this isn't to, ca- to, to categorize it against, People who suffer from not even suffer, I shouldn't say, um, who who are um, who have visual or um, auditory um, or audio impairments, um, but neurologically, I feel that because autism is not necessarily a physical, it, it, it's not a visual uh, disability, like you can't physically see it off of somebody. Um, that it's important to categorize the disabled aspect of it first, because, um, otherwise I hate to be blunt, but like, otherwise people won't know. And um, yeah,
0: no, that, that makes total sense. mm -hmm. That makes sense.
1: But I think it's, yeah. Um,
0: Um, but I mean, I know personally, like in my discussions with other people, People tend to use Asperger's or autism interchangeably. um, And we just know that autism in general, like, regardless of where you fall on the spectrum, is often misrepresented in the media. Or I also have noticed that um, there typically only tends to be one type of representation with people with autism, and that's people who like. Are known as what I like to call like incredible thinkers. So like shows like The Doctor, where The Doctor yes. has autism, and yes. I'm literally blanking on this woman's name, but um, it was Temple a biopic Grandin. of her life. Um, but she discovered like she created an invention that helped with like dairy cow farms. Temple,
1: Temple Grandin, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: her. Yeah. Like it's it it's sort of like that syndrome. It's like people only want to see representation that like shows the extraordinary things that people extraordinary things that people can do um, and not anywhere else on the spectrum, which I think is a problem because as we said earlier, autism is a huge spectrum and can affect many different areas of your life, not just like neurologically, but it can affect speech or physical behavior. So how do you feel about the representation in the media? Like, do you feel like it's adequate? Do you wish that there was more diversity? Or do you just wish that people would stop messing with it in total?
1: I think that I think <laughs> that much like, uh, uh, much like, to be honest, for example, BIPOC stories um, that are told through a white lens. I think that people with that do not, at least, have any uh, direct affiliation with a disability or autism specifically. Just. To be honest, should just stop telling the stories because
0: yeah. I I think Sia's movie I forget what it's called. Oh,
1: music. Um,
0: yeah, I I think that that is a great example of how not to tell that story.
1: Exactly. I mean, like it, and I think a big component of it is, and it's not the here's well, I don't know. I I struggle with this because um, I often immediately go to the director to blame um and the writers to blame um. And uh, to be honest, um, yes, they are. I mean, I'm not going to say they're off the hook by any any stretch, but I think it's the studios who are to blame. To be honest, because um, they keep catering to this sort of uh, pandering uh, conceptual idea of what autism is is and and how people who don't have autism can relate to it. Um, and you know, these big corporations and studios keep approving. Uh, these tv shows and films for example abc approved of of the good doctor um i want to say it was in 2017 um, yeah
0: that sounds about right
1: yeah and uh and i mean if you look it up it, the the ratings are pretty great and this isn't to take away from from uh freddie highmore or yeah i think was his name Freddie highmore uh his his performance but you know it it's it's kind of this conceptualized idea of of what opt of it's it's the conceptual idea that we've we've perpetrated for years and years and years um starting with you know films like rain man uh where it's it's the man who he was very socially inept but is mathematically genius or has a uh an acute photographic memory uh to be honest i mean and like to use my own advocacy i have i don't have a photographic memory (laughs) i wish god i wish i did like that would be mem-
0: really helpful in our business. That I yeah, my God
1: for telling me I wouldn't have to struggle with memorizing lines. But <laughs> um and I still do. So um but you know in I it much like I'm going to use this as, a, as an example, much like the film Green Book, it's uh, these stories uh, it's to make people who don't have autism essentially uh, feel better about the world because they think that all autistics or most autistics um, are accomplishing said goals uh, and achievements that, or they can, I should say, achieve these objectives that uh, Sean Murphy can ob- obtain, or Rain Man can obtain, or Temple Grandin. And this, okay, Temple Grandin is a, is a different case because she actually did achieve something. She's a real life person. <laughs> yeah, she achieved something amazing and she's a wonderful advocate. But, you know, I mean, Autism is much like um, I don't know why I put emphasis on tism. autism. Um, autism. <laughs> my Shakespeare brain is is activating. Um, but I'm speaking in verse, so I don't have to shout. Uh, no. Um, but I I think that um, that when it comes to uh, telling stories, uh, you know, these studios like to cater the, to their own, uh, the majority. Yeah, I
0: feel like I kind of have this theory and I think that it plays like to really anybody that is not the, the norm. So anyone that is not hetero, heterosexual, white, it feels like, it's almost like we feel guilty for creating this other category. And because we know that y'all feel guilty about it, we're gonna make media that stars the other, but overcoming the, the barriers that we put in their life. Exactly. um to make us feel better about yeah. what we did instead of actually helping them or actually giving them stories that makes them feel represented we're just going to make the norm feel good about themselves
1: 100% yes um
0: yeah i mean so what Do you wish that like you could change about people's perspective of how they perceive Asperger's or autism or really anybody that falls anywhere on the spectrum? Like if you could have the power to change one thing in everyone's mind, what would you want to change?
1: That autism isn't about being mathematically sound. It's not just this one note idea of of somebody who is socially inept like a robot, but can, you know, memorize every number in the in the or every word in the dictionary um but rather it's it's a spectrum and you know people should treat it as a spectrum it's um there there are people like myself for instance i have never been mathematically inclined and i to be honest <laughs> i i'm gonna ask you about this uh <laughs> am i socially inept i hope i'm not no I'm, I am. no I get <laughs>
0: honestly johnny you're a social butterfly in my opinion sometimes i'm just like i watch you like for those of y'all don't know we went to school together but johnny graduated this year so he will no longer be with me for senior year and i'm really sad about that Um, (laughs) but you know i would sometimes watch johnny and i'm just like wow like he is completely uninhibited and is like totally not afraid to be himself and i was like i want to be johnny at some point in my life like I want to be able to like interact with other people and just not care about what people think so. the And I know that you probably it feels different in your head like i'm sure that you're thinking about your every move in your head, but from the outside you look like a free human being a free spirited spirited human being and.
1: I, first of all, I got to say that, like, it, it goes two ways, my dear, because I wish I had the backbone and badassery that you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And the talent. This woman is so talented, in case you guys don't know, but you could probably do. I mean, if you follow her, of course you do. Um,
0: you. And he's telling, He's very talented, too. Um, please sign him. Please put, him <laughs> put him in something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, if you do, I do. So, no, if I do, you do. I'm bringing you with me. Um, but... You know, I, I, and that's the thing is I just want there to be less of a stigma that autism is, is, a, is going to be this concrete negative energy in people's lives. I mean, I, the amount of, you know, Reddit stories that I've not even read it, but well, just, not just Reddit, but like the amount of blogs I've read about like mothers who struggle. I mean, God bless them. God bless every mother who has an autistic child, because that is not an easy job to do mother and like parents for that matter, it is not an easy job. And you guys tenfold are heroes in my mind. But, um, at the same time, I think that there needs to be less of a stigma around, you know, as soon as you get the diagnosis, a bit of your heart drops, um, because you think that your bot, your, your, your kid is probably going to be this antisocial, uh, outcast. And, but Maybe a prodigy, and you know what? You're going to be disappointed because they're not.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Most of the time, they're not going to be. They're just normal, and they just think differently, and they handle um, stimuli differently. Um, and that's the, I, I'd say that's what I would change. That's the most passionate thing I, I'd say I am about my my diagnoses. Yeah.
0: Um, so we've sort of talked about uh, the deconstruction of the norm and how othering is something that happens across the board, whether it has to do with ability, impairments, race, gender, sexuality, whatever. Um, I just want to read to you the dictionary definition of neuro- neurodivergent and neurotypical. So neurodivergent is an adjective, meaning differing in mental or neurological function from what is considered the typical or norm, frequently used with reference to autistic spectrum disorders, not neurotypical. And the following neurotypical is defined as not displaying or characterized by autistic or other neurologically atypical patterns of thought or behavior. Now, personally, I find these definitions very problematic because, as we've said earlier, even people who qualify as neurotypical don't process or take in or absorb information stimuli or see the world differently, you know, like people in New York have a very different perspective on like politics alone, like as one thing versus people in California Um, and and they're in the same country. So to say that being neurotypical solely falls on not being neurodivergent and vice versa, I have a problem with that. I have a problem with categorizing people with those two categories, but like, for the definition to rely solely on each other like they're interdependent on each other i think that that's a little bit problematic it's yeah because in yeah. my opinion we're all on the spectrum in some case some of us just do a better job of hiding it than others or some of us have never been diagnosed or just have never felt the need to get it diagnosed or have it investigated um right.
1: we're all we're all unique um and I, I i i really love that you said that um i because um neuro you know the this this idea of neuro um divergent versus neurotypical minds and how they function um i think is really grounded on how personally and i might be wrong about this this is just my opinion but i think it's grounded on uh grounded within how people physically handle um those thoughts and those those like how the processes um it, you know, it, it, sometimes it, it feels physically too much for me when, when something's like, when something's really on my mind, um, and I, I can't figure it out. Um, and, and sometimes I, I either need to take a walk. One, one of my, so one of my accommodations when I was at Fordham, um, and I hope it's going to be the same case when I go to London is, um, is to, is allowed, uh, frequent, uh bathroom breaks um and this isn't (laughs) um uh, people roll like maybe like rolling their eyes be like dude like how do we know you're not looking up the answers on the test and i've been like i I mean like i could be i but i actually know they take our phones so i'm not doing that (laughs) know that (laughs) um but they um but it's just because sometimes it's you know it reading information um sometimes like for example, me, I, I can't just read something. I need visual cues. I need audio, um, assistance. I, you know, I, I personally, um, it drives like tests and studying for tests drive me insane. Um, because they're only written and, and done one specific way. And that's, you know, numbers one through 50 or, or something and questions, 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 write it down, write it down, write it down there's no specific way of answering the question that's equative to that um, for people on the spectrum who don't really test well um, in that, not even test well, who don't test that way that everyone else tests. It's, um, I uh, I actually wrote majority of my, I wrote majority of my my essays uh, that were due this year. Um, I did an audio, I, I talked, I did it on my phone. I I, um, I wrote down general, guidelines at first, maybe, but then I, I wrote down, like, paragraph after paragraph after paragraph, speaking it in my mind, then I would, like, go back, edit it, and then I'd keep going, um, and I, I, you know, I, I I, probably took as long as what somebody who doesn't need to do that and can just take a test, um, a, neuro, a, a neurotypical mind, if you will, could just take a test and just write it down like that, and I'm not saying- But, that,
0: but Johnny, that just proves the point that we were talking earlier, like, even if you have an impairment or a disability, you can still accomplish all of the tasks that other people who are neurotypical or able-bodied can do. Your tactics are just going to be different, and your exactly. obstacles may be a little bit different. Exactly. Um, and I and I think that like you really just proved that with your example of how you write essays and how you take tests. I mean, I I don't really know what else. Do except other than you know bring awareness to the issues, allow for people create spaces for people with these disabilities or impairments to share their experience to you know sort of set the record straight. But I also think that it needs to be on the norm, you know. However, you identify within that norm to realize and check yourself that like maybe what I thought isn't hundred percent accurate, yes. and that maybe there are other ways of living. And maybe those other ways of living are just as valid, if not more than how I live my life. Right. Um, but you know, that that's really what I think that me and and you and I'm sure other people in the world would wish um, others would do because I, I feel not that it's like the right thing to do, but I feel like it's the thing that makes sense. Right. Um, You know, we created this list of qualities of norms um, that we say it has to this is what makes a normal person. But in doing that, we've sort of like denied the existence of everything else. And just by like, you know, you, me, we're all proof that you can live your life to the fullest outside of the norm, whatever, whatever you qualities you miss, um, you can still live a fulfilling life. Um, And I think that people need to realize that.
1: Yes, 100%, I mean, I, you know, I think that, um, that, um, that embracing, exactly, embracing who you are, and uh, those aspects that, that are uniquely you are, are beautiful, rather than, you know, this, than differential aspects, just differential aspects that separate you from the herd, um, which is a great thing, it, uh, you shouldn't ever be part of the heard i think normal is the dumbest word that's ever been existed um but i i think that um being like raising awareness um reading more and just um i mean especially this year with um all the screaming that's going on um in the world you know not a lot of people are able to listen to what is being said and what is being asked of us as a as a country, as a world, um, and how we can accommodate everyone to be, to just live in happy, equative life to that who, to those who are, you know, already living one, or more privileged one, I should say.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with everything that you've said. So, um, you know, Johnny, thank you so much for joining me for this episode. It was great mm-hmm. having you. Um, if you would like to plug your social media, now would be the time to do that.
1: At Johnny Travis, one oh, There's my Insta and my Snapchat. And then <laughs> I, my yeah. Facebook is just Johnny Travers, so it's, I'm not very creative. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I highly
0: recommend following him. You know, he has great energy. He is an absolute lovable person to be around, very talented individual. Despite what he says, he is very creative. Um, so don't. Don't do that to yourself. Uh, but thank you so much for coming. Thank you for joining it. me and sharing your experience. And I hope that we can do this again sometime soon.
1: I would love to. Let me know. I would. I. This has been a wonderful conversation, and you are the best. So I'm lucky to be here. Just to be honest. So,
0: I <laughs> do, kind. Thank you. All love right. it. And for those listening at home, please be sure to like, share, subscribe, and follow us on Spotify and my Instagram as well at Micah Hinton. And thank you so much for watching.